enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Finally, there is a podcast on the internet about professional wrestling. I am your co-host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to our show this evening. And joining me tonight is my usual tag team partner, my brother, Jay Giaconetti. How's it going, folks? And uh, unfortunately, you will notice that our booth is one man short tonight, as the hair metal hero Chris Tyler mysteriously unable to make the recording. Yeah. I, I, again, I think the Black Scorpion is still at work behind the scenes. You know, it's not like it's not, you know, I mean, it might be the, it might be the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, but I, I'm thinking it might be it's most likely the Black, Black Scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, you, you never know whether when he's going to strike, uh, if it even is he. That's right. Uh, yeah. You never know. And it's 2019. You got to be you got to be aware of that. But yeah. uh, in any event, so unfortunately, Hero unable to join us tonight. And uh, this rec- Recording a very long time coming. I know Caster's lying. Uh, so, uh, so we are taking a look tonight. We are doing a a somewhat late retrospective. We are looking back at the uh, the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania Five. Yeah. So WrestleMania Five actually happened April 2nd, uh, 1989, uh, and. Um, it was called the Atlantic City Convention Hall or the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, it had both names. And the tag for this one is 
the mega powers explode. Mega powers explode. You got lust in your eyes, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so basically, in you know, after the and it's it's interesting because you don't see this type of long form storytelling in wrestling anymore. But after Randy Savage won the world title a year prior in Atlantic City at WrestleMania four, that started this storyline essentially. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hogan picking and, up Liz on his shoulder was really <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, they that ran through um you know the, the ran through SummerSlam uh with them uh uh, tag teaming, and that's where uh, Liz takes off her skirt, and she's got the little uh, the bottoms on underneath it, which is enough for to, to distract everyone for them to get the win. Uh, <laughs> ran through Survivor Series, where yeah. uh, Randy Savage was uh, kind of out of it at the end, and Hogan got handcuffed to the uh, handcuffed to the ring by um, well, it's Boss Man's handcuffs. What was it Slick that handcuffed mm-hmm. him to the ring? I guess. Yeah. And, you know, Liz was involved in that and the whole thing. So it was a long time coming in. Of course, it all led up to the main event where, um, uh, of course, uh, you know, Savage had had enough of Hogan's uh, seeming obsession with Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. And after Hogan carried Elizabeth back to get medical attention during a tag match against uh, the Twin Towers, the boss man and Akeem, um, Hogan came back out. Savage gave him the hard tag and then walked out on him. And then, of course, the the legendary backstage uh, confrontation between yes. the mega powers, which would never get made today. No, <laughs> nope. absolutely not. Yeah. First of all, you couldn't tell a story this long anyway. But yeah, no, that, that this this would all happen over a course of one RAW. Um, they would sneak this all in in one episode of RAW, like when Seth Rollins was looking for Dean Dean Ambrose for three straight hours, and I'm like, he's right there, he's right there, we can see him, Ugh. Yeah. you know. So anyway. But, uh, yeah, so we, uh, the card, uh, you know, obviously they built into this, and there's some other storylines coming into here, too. Um, the big one, of course, obviously, obviously the main event is, you know, Savage and Hogan. Uh, 14 matches on this card, and uh, the funny part is, I think I mentioned this to you guys, well, by, by, by both of you guys, the number of tag team matches here is insane, considering that Vince McMahon hates tag teams. So uh... Right, right. But, you know, th- this is the back in the day before Fatal 4-Ways and six-pack challenges and stuff. Yeah, right. Where you yeah. get everybody on the card, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Uh, he later yeah, would learn so... to just have a battle royal, and that took care of a lot of it. Uh, right, yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny because you say it's, uh, it's, it's 14 matches. Yeah. But it's still, what, about four hours overall with an intermission. Yeah, four hours with the intermission, yes. With the intermission. 30-minute intermission. Just keep that in your mind. Keep that in the back of your mind, okay? <laughs> 14 matches, four hours with an intermission. And a Piper's Pit in there yes. as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what better way? Uh, as always, WrestleMania is kicked off with America the Beautiful. And, uh, you know, international recording superstar. Oh, wait, no. It's Rockin' Robin singing America the Beautiful. Okay, so... Uh, whoever was supposed to sing it, they had last minute cancellation. So Rock and Robin had stepped in and sang for them because they didn't have. Well, that's because Lillian, Lillian Garcia didn't wasn't on the you know the uh, payroll yet there. Otherwise no. she would have sang it. But um yeah, yeah. So kind of funny that Rock and Robin had to step in to to belt out America's Beautiful. Um, I don't remember who was supposed to be there, but I know that whoever it was had to cancel last minute. And they couldn't find a replacement. 
Yeah, so. I mean that. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to rank on on Robin. You know, she she's a she's a wrestler. She's not a singer. It's yeah. not not her fault. Uh, but th- does doesn't that just kind of kind of set the tone for the whole evening? Yes. You yeah. know, <laughs> I mean WrestleMania, the the granddaddy of them all, the 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 showcase of the immortals. It's the most low rent looking WrestleMania. Yeah. That you're ever gonna watch. I mean, it 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 looks cheap. Yeah. The entire it looks chintzy. It it's I mean it's the same venue as last year, so it's not a great venue, but it somehow looks worse yeah. this year than it did the year before. Yeah, the thing is, you know, the uh, the Atlantic City Conventions Hall or the board, Boardwalk Hall, whatever you want to call it, uh, it was not really used for. It's not really designed for wrestling. It's designed for holding um, conferences and other things like so. And it, again, it's in the middle of Atlantic City, which is kind of a hole, uh, you know, kind of thing at this time and. Uh, they, that was, they were worried. How are you going to get these families to come in to WrestleMania? Because you're kind of coming into a place they don't want them. You know, it's, it's not like it is now where Atlantic city is much, much you know, more family friendly and whatever. It's like Las Vegas used to be. Vegas was never for the family. Now Vegas is like a destination for families. So yeah. Uh, yep. Just anyway. So anyway, all right. So first match but with the, that, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. First match. Yeah. The first match, I say with that out of the way, first match on the card, you know, you want to start your your big super show with some high energy, <laughs> fast pace. And when I think, you know, from when I think of 1989, WWF high energy, fast pace, back and forth athleticism, I think of Hercules taking on Haku. King Haku. King Haku. Haku. So Why would you start with some, with know. a match like this? I don't know. I have, here's my note. Hercules is not all cut up. Right, that's exactly right. Hercules is not all cut up, so this is before Hercules kind of like got all like actually shredded. Because it's funny because um, he, Ray Fernandez, which who is Hercules Hernandez, uh, he actually used to before WWF, he was just shredded, and then he got there and he kind of got bigger, but he got less defined for a while, and then he got like really shredded when uh, Superstar Billy Graham it was back and there was all this different stuff that was going on kind of thing. You know, like when Don Morocco got real shredded, like that's yeah. when Hercules kind yeah. of looked like that again. But Hercules used to be, when Hercules first came in, he was absolutely shredded up. And then he kind of got bigger, like he got thicker and he, cause he was getting older and then he got shredded again. When the, but then like, then he got heavy right again. So, you know, that's steroids will do that to you, I guess. And I'm not accusing him of taking steroids, but, uh, he did, uh, Jim Cornette tells a really funny story about all that, but, um, that's a, Another story for another podcast. Um, and obviously, this is before Haku got super thick, right? He looks yeah. like, 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 so like, like, I don't know, the mini version of Haku. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of Meng. Giant hair, giant body. He's still the, the toughest guy in the room. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just, you look at him and you think, like, you look at Her- Hercules, like, that guy's a pretty big dude. And Haku would murder everyone on this card. Like, he could kill everybody. There's, I'm looking at this card. Uh, Andre's on it, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe Andre could hold his own against him, but I don't think there's anybody else. Oh, oh no, Powers of Pain are on here, so Barbarian maybe the only guy. Barbarian, who... I, and and I would say um, uh, Bad News Brown could probably. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, just just. I mean, a... but you didn't you didn't mess with with Bad News Allen. You know, yeah. he was I mean, he was a bad dude in general, just from his judo background. But you know, I, again, I I think he's also smart enough. He wouldn't fuck with yeah. Haku. Yeah. Well, that's that's what Barbarian <laughs> always did. Barbarian and Haku were like the, the two toughest guys in the world. They're like best friends. They don't mess with each other. What yeah. I'm saying is, like, I mean, every single story you ever hear of Haku is that he's the toughest guy ever. And 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 if you're somewhere and Haku's not there, you want Barbarian there. You know, people right. say, well, you want Barbie because he's the guy. And I'm like, 
you know, which is really funny because you think like Warlord was huge, but like Warlord was not known as a tough guy. No. And, you know, Barbarian is smaller than him, but Barbarian will kill you. But again, these South Island boys, you know, yeah. so um, <laughs> the end of the match there, Hercules pinned himself. Yes. Question yes, mark. He did. Um, but then rolled his shoulder. Like, why would you ping yourself? I don't I don't understand the end of the match. Uh, I don't know. It, it didn't. It th- This was not. I mean, I love Haku. Yeah, oh, I you do know, too. And, and I and I and I like Hercules Hernandez, generally speaking. But this was not a good match, and certainly not a good match to start. And it was the just card shy with. of seven minutes. It was six fifty-seven. Like, yeah. So it was. It, yeah, it, it was like not, a two-minute match. Epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's seven minutes. And you're like, I mean, but it's seven minutes that felt like it was longer. Felt like it was longer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but yeah. But anyway. you know, uh, but I would get Haku through his his big savat kick. That's always yeah. Always. I'm just saying it's, yeah, Hercules yeah. Hercules gets the win with a back suplex into a bridge. Like you say, he pins himself for a yes. while. <laughs> uh, but and Ventura lets him know he's pinning himself there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So And of course and, and I should say our, our commentary team, of course, Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse Ventura. Yep. It's the only time uh, they get to work good. together, which was right. WrestleMania's and that they were the best te- te- team don't get me wrong, I love Heenan and Gorilla, but you never got to hear them together and they were so good together. For two people who never work together, except for once a year, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'll, all the comment about them when uh, a line that that does, or, or some dialogue that they have back and forth, yeah, uh, in, in a bit, which yeah. is, is just fantastic. But um, so that that takes us into our our second match, <laughs> and you got to keep moving. We got a lot of matches, you know. <laughs> and now this this match I actually liked quite a bit. So our second match was a tag team bout between. The Rockers, Marty Jannetty and that other guy, taking on the Twin Towers, Akeem, the African Dream, and the Big Boss Man. Yep. It, it, it was, you know, this is a very good tag match. Um, the double dropkick was shit. Uh, what, yeah. a, what a mess. <laughs> and the worst part is that Sean was so late taking off, he actually dropkicks Marty. Yeah. Because <laughs> you realize that Marty hits his part of it. Sean is so late that Marty's there. Sean misses and hits Marty with a dropkick. I'm like, huh, maybe this is where the Brockers started to split. You know, kind of yeah. thing. So. <laughs> maybe Marty just had enough and said, you know what? You're just going to kick me through a barbershop window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is that now Ringside Correctables has up a, I mean, that's I, not new, but I, I saw it the other day. They have a barbershop window that you can buy. And it's just mm-hmm. a generic. It's not, it's not exactly the barbershop, but it's a window that breaks away just designed for your elites. So you can try to find a Marty Jannetty figure anywhere and then have one of the 40 Shawn Michaels figures kick him through the window. Yeah, I do like that there was a guy out there, and I don't know, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but it's one of these guys that does the custom sets. Yeah, Uh, It might be be the guy that does the Hasbro scale, like WrestleMania ring carts and the uh, Hasbro scale blue cage. Okay. Where he did a actual barbershop set as a play set. I think I'm trying to remember if that was on the Hasbro's Facebook group. Shout out to them because I've been on there a whole bunch lately. Um, six away, six away, <laughs> not even yeah, six away, uh, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, and I, I think I, you actually have all four men in this match in Hasbro form. Oh, I do. You? So yeah, in fact, <laughs> I have two different versions. I have I have several boss mans. I have uh, a couple of Keems, and I have so many Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti rockers. You, you can just take a stick at them. The customs. I'm trying to think of how to make them into the. Um, I want to make them into like Rock and Roll Express, maybe the Fantastics. Like, I'm like, who could they turn into? I'm thinking the maybe Southern Boys, the, the the Wild Eyed Southern Boys. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Wild Out Southern Boys there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But if you want to go real deep, you do a Southern Boys set and then a then a uh, uh, Young Pistols. Young Pistols, yeah. It's just one guy's <laughs> crossover. So. Oh man, but anyway. uh, so yeah, the the end. Now this the ending I thought was interesting here because we're, I said we're only a few months away from you know the boss man was feuding with Hogan and uh, the the um, you know the, the the twin towers in general were feuding with the mega powers yep. through the fall yep. and in, you know in, into even around the uh, the start of the year and they're way down on the card now mm-hmm. uh, because I guess they've served their purpose you know being the big the big heels for the big monster heels for the, for the mega powers to feud with. But I do like, they do pick up the win mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Michaels eats the pin, which I think is, is, is crazy. You don't think, you know, you don't think about it now. Everyone, everyone else is like, Oh, well, Janetti was the jobber. And it's like, no, Janetti was the name guy on this team. Exactly. <laughs> which is a scary as, part. As bizarro world as that yeah. is, but yeah. yeah, but, but Michaels eats the pin after an air Africa from uh, AK to seven forty seven. Yeah. From, uh, yeah, right. from, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's I just, what they called it. Was no, I mean, it's a 747, you know, where I come from. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, like I said, I enjoyed this match. It was, this was a much more fun. I would have preferred this as the opening match because, I mean, say what you want about the Rockers, but they had all, so much energy. Oh, Even yeah. when their timing was great, they had so much energy. They were over, especially the, the girls in the crowd and the, the girls and the moms, you know, yeah. really liked the Rockers. They, and, and they were popular with the little kids too. And and you got them against a team that of two guys that really were pretty over his heels, really. I mean, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. the boss man. Not so much Akeem because Akeem was funny, right. you know. Uh, I, I remember a video. I think it was you sent me the video of where King Harley Race was teaming with Akeem. Yeah. And Harley Race started dancing like Akeem as he was coming down to the ring. It's like <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like that man's that man's one of the greatest champions of all time. Look at him not Look give a fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm getting paid either way. Yeah. The <laughs> Harley Race. I'm trying to remember who's, either way. Who, I'm trying to remember someone told a Harley Race story where he was puking, but he refused to like throw up in a guy's car. So we like start to puke and swallow it, and then puke again, oh. swallow it. And I'm like, that's the most disgusting throwing thing I've ever heard. And this guy's like, it was so cool. I'm like, all right, I guess so. So, but in any event, anyway. yeah. So I, I thought that I mean, this yeah, was, was a better match. match. Yeah. yeah, it was a good tag and, match. It was it was a good match of big team versus little team. Um, I mean, I I was a Rockers fan from when they were the Midnight Rockers in AWA. Right. Um, you know, so I mean, they they had a lot of charisma. I mean, Sean grew his hair out, thank God, because he looked so stupid with his hay cut. And uh, you know, it, they they were good. I mean, it was Marty Jannetty and the other guy. Literally, I'm not, we're not kidding, folks. It really was Marty Jannetty and yeah. the other guy who was never going to be over. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, oops. when that barbershop thing happened, we're all like, this guy will never amount to anything. What yeah. are you talking about? They're like, okay, <laughs> like, good idea. You're breaking up with Janetti. When Janetti becomes champion, you're going to hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? I, I'll admit I was wrong because yeah. who the hell would have saw that coming? <laughs> anyway, I guess it helps when you hook up with, you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and, you know, uh, tri- Triple H and, you know, one, two, three kid. So, yeah. You know, anyway. yeah. Uh, and and just to keep the theme going, this match eight minutes and two seconds. Yeah, so, so again, <laughs> about the same length of the match. Yeah. <laughs> so, third match on the card was Brutai, Brutus Beefcake, versus Ted DiBiase. Uh, and with uh, this is one of those matches that, on paper, it's like this should be a really good match. Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> well, I, I my note here was best match so far, but the end not so great. Um, yeah. 
because it was a good back and forth match beginning because DiBiase's, I mean, let's be honest, he's the best heel, you know, kind of going. I mean, Savage, Savage as a worker is is great, but DiBiase had the best gimmick, you know, it was just was so yeah. over and like, no matter what, you, he never was going to be a face. Like you could never root for the guy who's rich, you know, like. Yeah. And the, th- and the thing with Savage is that, you know, yes, yeah, Savage was the top heel in the company. Yeah. But he still got a, a great oh, amount a of, yeah. of, of babyface heat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, everybody, I mean, a lot of people liked Savage. Yeah. You know, especially the people that didn't like Hogan were all cheering for Savage. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, Savage might have been the top heel technically, but. Right. But the most over heel as a yeah. heel was yeah. Ted DiBiase. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest heel in the company was DiBiase. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bobby Heenan probably was number two, which is hard to believe because as a manager, yes. but he just was <laughs> so. Man, people hated him. I mean, not like in the yeah. AWA when he used to get busted open and stuffed in a weasel suit <laughs> bad, but they hated him. So, um. The, the Brutus uh, DiBiase match goes 10 minutes in one second to a double countout. Yeah. Because that's what What is that? That's yeah. what you need on a... That's, on a uh, that's what you need. But to me, it's like, this, I really want this match to be better, but this was just a standard match. But both of these guys, yeah. you know, again, I, I know it's 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 popular now to, to rank on Brutus Beefcake, but for the era that he was in, yeah. Beefcake was a fairly reliable guy to yeah. put in a good match and put in a good effort. I mean, he wasn't, you know, the, the most technically astounding individual in the ring but he didn't need to be you know but generally speaking you could you could count on a good effort and high energy and stuff from him and this match just kind of fell flat yeah which was like i said it was was disappointing i mean dibiase's always good i mean i've talked about dibiase at length on here everybody knows how much uh i mark out for the million dollar man and so they said that that was disappointing this this did have a great moment of zen when before the match you got dibiase and virgil shaking hands with donald trump yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, just kind of crazy, right? Like to think, you know. I mean, uh, obviously, we're talking, you know, so many years later now, you know, kind of thing. But it's like the irony of that, like the million dollar man shaking hands with this millionaire, you know, kind of thing. And like in his, you know, in his building and his whatever. You're like, oh, it's kind of nuts, but it made perfect sense, actually, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, DiBiase, they, they, they would be. Yeah, because I mean, DiBiase is just the extension of Vince McMahon, right? Right, you know, kind of thing. He's just Vince. Before Vince became an actual character, you know, <laughs> well, he always was a the character. Weird, the weird part is Virgil. It's like, why would, you know, it's like, Virg, I, you get the idea that Virgil's like, well, he's going to shake his hand. I'm going to shake his hand. You know, I'm not going to. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not here to say anything, but Virgil kind of is like that. Like, hey, you want to take a picture with the champ? Like, you're not the champ. Yeah, yeah I am. Ten bucks, man. Ten bucks. So, right. Oh, Virgil. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. It's like you say, it's amazing the, the, the trajectories of the yeah. lives of those three guys. Yeah. Again, say, say what you want. It's like. One of them, most powerful man in the world. One of them, you know, saving people's lives. One of them, selling autographs in subway stations. He can't you know? sell them. That's the problem. Can't no even sell them. He's selling them. He's just not making no money doing yeah, it. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. So we're up to what? The old match four. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, oh. that's, I mean, look at this. We're moving along. But again, yeah. another, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. That's <laughs> a yeah. standard WWF match here. Yeah. So. This really felt like an episode of like, did you like, like they did a TV filming um, in like, you know, Harrisburg or like in Allentown or something like that. This is all feel like that right now. None of these feel well, like, you know, anything special. You remember, They're TV matches. You remember right? before they, I don't think they used to do it before WrestleMania, but they would do it before Survivor Series and SummerSlam, the primetime wrestling. Yeah. The week before would be the Survivor Series showdown or the SummerSlam showdown. Right. Yeah. And it would be the card that they would do somewhere 
in the week up to it, and it would have all the feuds for the pay-per-view, but they'd all be mixed up. Yes. Right? That's what this kind of feels like. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like this is the setup to that card. Yeah. Except this is the card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, so uh, yes, the, the fourth match. Oh now we got some high energy. It's another tag team match between the Bushwhackers and the fabulous Rougeau brothers, accompanied by the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. So, and... Yeah. Okay. Here's my note. Ready? <laughs> Monsoon and Ventura are great. Gorilla said he was around when Jesse was was wrestling, and Ventura said no, no. I'm not sure. Again, I wrote this a while ago. Uh, there, there must have been a back and forth between Gorilla and, and Ventura here about how. Um, I, I can't remember what it was. Oh, was, I, I think they were talking about. I was like, well, that that's that's uh, you know, that, that's like when you were working, or but I was working when we were working. Jess is like, what do you mean when we were working? That's right, when we <laughs> we were working. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I goes, I watched you wrestle. He goes, uh, he goes, well, I was, you were around when I was wrestling. I was a kid, you know. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> the back and forth is just it was cutting, you know, kind of thing. But they, you know, you can tell that they love each other, but they're just like back yeah. and forth. Um, and my other note here is. Uh, classic WWF silly tag team wrestling here. Not yes, what we would uh, see in the NWA. Yeah. <laughs> standard standard Bushwhackers match right oh here. It's even against the Rougeaus. Yeah, the Rougeaus. I mean, do you realize yeah. that when the Rougeaus left, they brought in the Beverly Brothers, and they became the team that the Bushwhackers yes. did this match with? Okay, <laughs> so here's the problem, folks. For those who have never seen the Sheep Herders, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Sheep Herders and the, Fant- the Fantastic, right? Yeah, the Fantastics, right? Um, yeah, they yeah. had a steel cage match that is still one of the bloodiest matches ever to happen in, in, uh, like back in the day kind of wrestling before there was like hardcore and stupid, like let's use light tubes and dumb crap like that. It was just like the, the wire to start slicing people's heads open blood everywhere. The sheep hunters are one of the most ex- hardcore deadly tag teams of the eighties. Fast forward a year or two, they're in WBF, and now they're licking children. <laughs> and, and and being cheered for. Not, oh even, not just licking children yeah. in their heels. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you would think, hey, they're heels. No, they're the biggest faces they got. I, I just never understood that. I'm like, because when they came in, I'm like, oh, my God, they're bringing in the, the, bringing in the excuse me, I'm calling them the New Zealand militia. That's not them. They're bringing in the, the sheep herders. And I'm like, oh my god, the sheepherders! This is going to be great. They're going to be like, they're going to be killing teams. They're a joke. They're yeah. an absolute joke. Now they probably made way more money being a joke, and they're left, and they've managed to stay. People still love them. People still remember the Bushwhackers. You know, they got up to the Hall of Fame and everything like that. Everyone loves the Bushwhackers, right? Because they're just so like, whatever. I mean, even Emma used to do before she actually got a real gimmick. She used to do the Bushwhacker, you know, whacking her way into the wing and you know, kind of thing. But yeah. Oh, just, oh boy. <laughs> and it went nine minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. Nine minutes of the Bushwhackers and the Rougeos is astounding. What? what? A, nine minutes. You can have three matches in that time. Bushwhackers. Uh, and, and the thing with the Rougeos is, okay, look, okay. Ray Rougeau to me is a guy that could have been a top guy someplace yeah. else. Yeah. He was not going to be <laughs> not here. I'm, I'm serious. He's never was going to be that top guy because you know that that was a slot that they were in they, they, with they they you know they he was a tag team guy but Ray Rougeau had the look Ray Rougeau had the ta- had the talent I think he I mean Ray Rougeau could have been you know a, a a serious top singles guy 
Jacques Rougeau, not so much. And I'm taking nothing away from his ability to, to work and all that. But Jacques Rougeau, I've, I've read so many stories where he just doesn't seem to be all there, you know? Yeah, well. And and and, and that, that, to me, has always been kind of the thing. It's like, so that's, I think, why they were always kind of a tag act. And they were always kind of a comedy act, especially as heels. as They were always, a you know, a ridiculous thing as heels. Because both of them, both of them were, were pretty good workers in the ring, yeah. you know? And they and they again that this this match is fun. It's not a, a serious match, um, and uh, you know, and it, it's fun. Its placement is kind of funny when you look at it coming after Beefcake and the and DiBiase, which was right. a you know a serious type of match. And then the, we'll talk about the next match in a few minutes. <laughs> so it was it, it was kind of a kind of a break, you know, a little yeah. bit of a break. But it's I don't know. Like I said, it it this. I, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's 1989 to Bushwhackers. We pretty much know what's going to happen, yeah. you know? And, I mean, and you're right. Jesse and, and Gorilla, the commentary is, is fun. And Jesse has nothing but disdain for the Bushwhackers, yeah, which right, is hilarious. Yeah. Well, and he I'm, never had anything but disdain right, ever yeah. for the Bushwhackers. Yeah. But I'm saying, could, could this be any further from what we were getting in the NWA tag, tag matches? Yes. Could this Absolutely, be any further yeah. than the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics? Uh, the, the, the Russians, the Legion of Doom, well, sorry, no, the Road Warriors, they weren't called Legion of Doom, yeah. right? I mean, could it be any different than that stuff? I mean, it could, Lord, it couldn't be any more different. It just was like, oh boy, wow, are we even joking? Even the AWA, the, the Beverly Brothers were still there as the wrecking, as the wrecking crew or whatever it's they were. The wrecking yeah. Well, they called them the wrecking crew, the Minnesota wrecking crew. They couldn't call themselves that. Because that's I thought, I thought, oh, they, yeah, you're right. They're, they were just, just the wrecking crew, right? Because Enos and Bloom, right? Yeah, Enos and Bloom, right? And even they were like serious guys. You're like, all right, I just <laughs> don't get it. So, um, <laughs> but hey, you know what? They were over. Yeah, they were over. you can't really say anything that you got to use them, right? They're they're people are going bananas for them. Oh no, I'm not saying that. I just yeah. don't understand how it could be so, how tag team wrestling could be so so different. Hey, <laughs> I mean. It's like, well, you know, wrestling is a, it's, there's the big tent theory of professional wrestling, right? And it's, yeah. a lot of people can fit underneath the big tent, not to get political here yeah. as we're. Well, I, I, I guess it's better than the hollow earth theory then. Um, you know. No, hollow earth theory is okay. It's flat earth theory you got to watch oh, yeah, out for. Yeah. All I'm saying yeah. is they make some good points. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my God. And they lick Sean Moody after the match. Yes, so. they do. Sean Moody gets all licked and stuff. So, you know, he's excited. Um, Sean Mooney should have stayed in the WWF Control Center, you know. Yeah. Or Live Event Center. That was it. Yeah, the Live Event Center, yeah. Sean Mooney at the Live Event Center. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's okay. He shows up in Ed Ed, Ed and Christian's show, uh, the the latest season. He's in there. You're like, man, kind of looks the same, just like fatter and older. Aren't we all? Aren't we all, though? Aren't we all? All right. So let's get to that fifth match. Fifth match, Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer. Now, you can say what you want about the Blue Blazer, uh, about his, you know, his, um, that being whatever, the, you know, kind of why, why would you, why would you saddle someone with his gimmick and whatever? That's fine. And, and again, you know, everyone wishes, obviously, that the Blue Blazer had never made a return, so Owen wouldn't have been whatever in his tragic demise and stuff. But what we got here. Might have been, it, this might have been the best match so far because it's a good. Oh old, my gosh! Old school wrestling match. Um, this was this. It was an old school wrestling match, but it was such. It was a high energy, yeah, kind of you know up tempo that almost what what we would call for this time 
did this this was like the beginnings of the of the junior heavyweight style. Yeah. You know? I mean, Owen or Blazer is just I mean, he is all over the place. He's flipping out of stuff. He go he he I mean, um Perfect does him in a hip toss. He and the Blazer flips out and lands on his feet. Yeah. I mean, he had a split legged moonsault that perfect uh uh counters. You know, I mean, it, this this is just a back and forth match, and you can and that's the thing is that you don't think about the Blue Blazer being around that long because he really wasn't before the transition to him just being Owen Hart and him mm-hmm. teaming with Jim Neidhart. Yeah, but the, the crowd is into this. You know, they 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 don't like Mister Perfect and they like the Blue Blazer. The crowd is very alive for this match, and that helps a lot. So here's my note. Okay, so it says Owen looked good without outshining Perfect. Rather it was long. I, I rather it was longer, and they cut out Run DMC and the and match number seven. Right, yeah. We'll get to match number seven. Right? So if they cut Run DMC in match seven, it would have given them another three to you know eight, seven, eight minutes. You know, kind of total they would have had because this match went uh, where am I here? This went eight minutes and twenty seconds. So if they had had a good eleven, twelve minutes, I mean, no, 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 no. This match went five minutes and thirty eight seconds. I have eight twenty. This match was. No, that's the next match. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I have the wrong yeah. thing. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm saying so they, they, for less than six minutes, this guy, these guys crammed so much into yeah, this match. Right. So I'm saying this would have been great if they'd given them like 12 minutes here and been like, oh, that's great, that's awesome. But yeah. we'll see down this. Now, part. why couldn't no you put these, these guys on? Yeah, why couldn't you put these guys on first? Yeah. You know, I don't know because they felt they felt that Hercules and Haku were going to bring the crowd in. I don't know. I guess so. So uh, I um my my note. Is uh, you know if if this, first off this this matches all the feels obviously because yeah. two two beloved guys yeah. <laughs> both obviously um, away, uh, yeah. unfortunately passed away way before their time mm-hmm. uh, two great talents you know that just it's it's great to see them being so young and working so 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 much energy and all that but at the same time it's one of those bittersweet things yeah uh, th- this is the kind of match that again even though it lasted less than six minutes. If this is matches today, you, you know the chant. The chant that the audience would get is both these guys, both these guys, you know. Yeah. That's the, the indie the indie smart mark chant for this. Or fight forever. Fight I'm like, forever. We yeah. can't fight forever. Like that doesn't like, even We make can't sense. fight forever. We only have the we only have the venue for one night. Yeah. <laughs> or, also one of us has to pee at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> See, I don't I don't I mean the, the, all of those indie chants, the one that bothers me the most is when he goes, this match goes for one fall. One fall! Oh. Shut up! They, that get, one, and when it's a two count, and he goes, two, and they'll go, sweet! Yeah. Well, That's annoying. Yeah, but the That's thing is, people do that, that one fall thing, even at, like, local yep. indie shows in, like, the PAL and stuff. Yeah. And they did it, and Haley's like, would you guys shut up? And I'm like, that's right. You tell them. You guys shut up. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to get over with nobody. We're not going to be on TV. Literally. Yeah. Nope. It's an NEW nope. show. Nobody cares. Yeah, right. Okay. So no one cares. We got Dobson over here. See, nobody cares. <laughs> yes, nobody cares. <laughs> anyway. But uh, and the other note I had, and this is just timely because it's uh, the 30th anniversary, and this year was WrestleMania 35. This is how a crucifix works. <laughs> well, watch I, tape, just saying. I'm just saying is uh, – <laughs> I, at first I thought maybe they were, they were going to – Chris and I talked about WrestleMania 35. Um, and I thought maybe they were going to do the, hey, like, you know, you didn't really pin me, whatever. But Ronda Rousey literally lost the match and then started her, I'm going to have babies chant. And I'm like, what? Like that? Well, she broke her hand. That didn't help either. Well, no, you know? she didn't. Yeah. She didn't her, hand was, she didn't know her hand would be broken. But, no, no, I know that. Yeah. I think they got to the back and they're just like, I'm going to make babies now. It's baby making time. I'm like, 
I don't what? That's kind of weird. Like, I get it. Like, she's the most dangerous person in the entire arena. You know, Shayna Baszler's there, so, you know, she's really somebody else who's kind of dangerous, too. But, like, Ronda Rousey can kill on pretty much everyone in this whole place. And she's like, let's make babies! You know, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> like, that's cool and all, but it's like, everyone's like, oh, what a great WrestleMania. It was a great show. I'm making babies! It's like, all right, great. Thanks, Ronda. Like, you yeah. know, you're, you're, you're not helping. Becky Lynch calls you, like, a weirdo, and you're not helping. And I am a huge Ronda Rousey fan. You're really not helping. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, match six is your champion's demolition facing the powers of pain and Masa Fuji. And I, for, I know. I know. For the championship in yeah. a handicap match. Right. Now, I know it's strange Mr. Fuji, in its own right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's Mr. Fuji, but he, he was partners with, uh, you know, he was Masa Fuji when he was uh, in part of his tag team there. Um, with well, and Demolition always called him Master Fuji. Yeah, yeah. And until they began calling him Fuji the Stooge. Fuji the Stooge. <laughs> so normally you got to pay extra for that kind of action acts, but yeah. uh, so I'm yeah. Well, this. you know, I was. I mean, th- this match. I tell you what, because this is this was set up back at Survivor Series, right? Because you've got the great promo, and they they actually they, actually I have the. Um, but it's the 30th anniversary of Survivor Series, 30 greatest moments of Survivor Series. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Th- this one's in the top, I think it's in the top, it's in the top 10, it might be in the top five, is this moment with um, uh, with, with, with the powers of pain yeah, and yeah, emotion yeah, yeah. at, at uh, Survivor Series, where Fuji, it's the rare double turn where Fuji turns off demolition, Yeah. and then the powers of pain help him out. Yeah, so like, <laughs> double it's turn. Like, okay, the powers of pain were baby faces that were feuding with Demolition. They realized that the powers of pain weren't over and Demolition were, so they double switched them. Yeah, it's like a National League baseball game. In the yeah. seventh inning, you got to have a double switch. Uh, so, so. <laughs> the problem is the powers of pain. Um, is that the powers of pain again? They look massive compared to Demolition, yeah. right? I mean, Demolition are two big guys, Bill Eady and, uh, and Barry Darso, two big dudes, but. Uh, War Warlord and Barbie look huge in the ring, and what they couldn't understand was why aren't they cheering them like they would cheer Animal and Hawk? Because they didn't yeah. have what Animal and Hawk did. Animal and Hawk just kind of like, you know, I mean, it wasn't just that they were huge; it's just everything about them it was there. It was, you know, their Iron Man, and then eventually their own music and the spikes, and the, it just was so much more than just two big dudes with crazy haircuts, you yeah. know. But uh. Uh, well, that that was always the thing to me about the that you know you want to talk about in ring or whatever with the Road Warriors and Demolition, you can have that argument, but both of them had just such natural charisma as teams mm-hmm. that when you know because people want to forget about the, how how popular Demolition was, especially yeah. as a tag team when tag teams weren't despite this card were not really <laughs> the focus. Despite what it looks like, I know, I understand. Oh but, you know, Demolition was still a very popular team, and that, that was one of the reasons why once they were turned babyface, they had a pretty good run as babyfaces. Yeah. Pretty much until until the Legion of Doom got brought in. And then they, they ended up, that, that's when Crush was with them, when Bill Eady was getting towards the end of his run. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they started, they turned them back to heels. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. And that, that's what, I mean, I'll, I'm a big fan of Demolition. I've never made, I've never made any any bones about that. And to me, the powers of pain were a good match for them because, like you said, they were, for all demolition, was the WWF version of the Road Warriors. The powers of pain were really kind of the stand-ins for the Road Warriors here, you yeah. know? 
it's the the two big dudes with the face paint and and but you know but they that did a lot i'm gonna pick them up i'm gonna slam them down you know that kind of stuff well, remember but, the uh, nwa tried to have the powers of pain road warriors be a thing and right. and they could not for the love or money this, the problem is the road warriors and again i love animal and hawk they're my, my favorite tag team of all time they needed a team in the ring to kind of lead them through a match. Like they could do their things in like squash matches, but they certainly weren't putting the powers of pain in the ring for a squash match with Alan Hawk, you know, right. kind of things they needed. And they weren't good. They weren't good in the ring either. You know, I'm not taking anything away from Barbarian later on in his career, but Barbarian's not ever known as being like the technician, you know, kind of thing. Like no. he's, he's the guy you want on, on your side in the fight, unless you're fighting Haku, because then, you know, you're really in trouble. Um, <laughs> just being honest, you know. Yeah. I, I tell you right no, but, now, yeah, but, you notice, but, 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 you yeah, but those, uh, but, yeah, those but, um, Marines didn't pick. They picked on Shawn Michaels. They, you know, the, the 12 or 14 or 17 Marines that pulled him out of yeah. the car, they picked on Shawn Michaels. They didn't pick on Haku or, or the five cheerleaders, whatever whatever story you want to go with, whoever yeah. beat Shawn Michaels up. <laughs> you know, like it could be yeah. one guy. It could have been a deaf mute child. It could have been any number of different uh, things. Oh, look, look, the, the, the important takeaway is that Sean is okay, but he has lost his smile. Right. I'm just saying, as you notice, no one ever is like, hey, Haku, let me mess with this guy. Nope. Nope. No, well, you look at him, and you're like, you know what? I'm good. I'm I'm going to go back to my hotel room, guys. The only person person that Barbarian's (laughs) afraid of, right? And Barbarian, they they come out openly and say this. Who's the only person Barbarian's afraid of? His wife. Because she came to the bar one night, and everyone was like, oh, shit. Even Haku was like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. And when Haku backs down... It's Barbie's yeah. wife comes in because because Barbie's not supposed to drink and she's like you've been drinking and I was like oh yeah. I can only imagine this Samoan woman coming in there just ripping the yeah. shit at everybody I'm like oh <laughs> brother 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 you know kind of thing so oh anyway uh, yeah, so but, it was uh, a good, it's a good big man yeah, match but, you know this, this match, you know, good, yeah yeah good well, big man it's, it's you know axe axe and smash are you know they they they, they just do a lot of pummeling a lot of you know as uh, as um, clubbering, uh, as Dusty Rhodes would say, clubbering. clubbering. I was going to say, as Dusty Rhodes would say, a lot of clubbering going on here, Tony. Tony. But uh, and the and the powers of pain the same way. And adding Fuji in there adds because see, I don't remember Fuji as a wrestler because no. I was oh, I was young enough that I always remember Mr. Fuji as a manager. Yeah. I mean, intellectually, I knew he was at one time a wrestler. Right. 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 This was the first time I'd ever actually seen him wrestle. And it's funny because they're it's like Fuji was you know no yeah I mean he was who who was his partner. Uh, they Professor even... Tori Tanaka. Yes, Professor Tanaka. Oh, and it's he like was also, were... well, he actually te- teamed with Masa Saito a little bit, right. very, yeah. very little, but it was mostly Tori Tanaka. Right. Tanaka, so yeah. it's like, okay, so it's like Fuji's a, a tag specialist, right? Yeah. But uh, obviously Fuji's got to play the, the play the comedy angle here, and, and he eats the demolition decapitation. Yes, so he does. Bravo, Mr. <laughs> Fuji, on that one. Well, that makes sense, though. <laughs> they have to go after him because they, they can't go after the big guy, go after the weak link of the team. You know, the old man who <laughs> kind of can't handle himself anymore. So. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I, I like this match just because it's, it's Demolition and the Powers of Pain. So, to me, that I always have a bit of a soft spot for that because I was, a, again, and this was Demolition moving into that fan favorite role, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not to sound like an after mag, uh, that that suited <laughs> suited the era very well, you know. <laughs> not See, now, now here's the thing. If it would have been this Demolition against – the Legion of Doom against the Road Warriors right now, that would have been a hot program. Yeah. With Bill Eady still able to work because, yeah, again, yeah. It's, again, I'm not, not taking anything away from Crush, but Crush was not Bill Eady. He didn't yeah. have the personality, and he certainly didn't have the promo. That right. was a thing. You ever know, I mean, back then, it's like Crush never talked. 
Yeah, no, he would really. work the matches, but it was still Axe doing the promo. Yeah, you know. Well, Axe, Axe well, be- and, and Smash. Not not yeah. to say Smash was, but yeah. I'm saying, but yeah, but right. Axe basically became the manager. That's right. Really, all he was was the manager. He kind of took on the uh, the um, Paul Ellering role, you know, kind of thing. Right. And and that must have been Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Ellering wore face paint and and you know Lord Humongous gear. So. Yeah, I'm saying, but that that <laughs> must that must have eaten at Vince to no end, right? He hates yeah. paying two guys. In the, you know, the tag team. Now he's paying a third guy. Oh my god! You know, and they're all wrestlers. So, you know, that must have that must have, that must have chafed his ball. Yeah, but again, yeah, it, yeah that just squares my breast. But I mean, again, good match. But it's like, this is WrestleMania. Yeah. you know, right? This uh, is, Saturday Night's main event had better matches than this. So, uh, yeah, and, and the next match, that, match is even worse. Yeah, the worst gonna say. All right. So my note for match seven. Right, which is now Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin, right? Was he with I think it was Frenchie Martin at that point. Yeah. Um versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Your former NWA World Heavyweight Champion for five days. Yeah. Um that was long. It was like it was like a month. And so my note is and pointless. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Could have uh done without this match. <laughs> like that's the entire note I have for is and pointless. Because it's three minutes my, of my like, comment. I, I have I have one word as my notes. My comment is why. <laughs> why is this match here? Yeah, let's get everyone up. I, I don't. It's it's it did this. First off, you got. I mean, again, Ronnie Garvin to get former NWA World Champion. You got two guys. The only person who who could have made this match slower is if somehow Greg Valentine also got involved <laughs> in this match. And Ronnie Garvin and Greg Valentine had a long feud. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. the hammer jammer. But he remembers that. So, but really uh, no, this, no, this, 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 this is this is this, and, it, and it's not even long enough that you could go to the concession stand. No, it, it only goes three minutes, like three minutes. So it's like yeah. you could get in line for the men's room. <laughs> no, that's about it. Right. That's never a good sound. There's a line at the men's room, yeah. right? You know, you're used right. to there being a line at the ladies' room. There's a line at the men's room. It's like, like shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so right there, that's the first seven. That's half the card. Yeah. Right. Now, the second half of the card looks a lot like the first half of the card, but there's some bigger yeah. names here. Match number eight, the Brain Busters uh, versus uh, Strike versus Strike Force. Strike Force. Now, here's yeah. the weird thing. Strike Force, this is the first time they had tagged together in quite a while. Yeah. In, in like, six months. Right. Because uh, Rick Martell's wife was sick, and he had requested a leave of absence to go t- take care of her. And so the story that that Jesse puts over during the match is that, oh, well, you know, Tito Santana requested this match and he, you know, requested to have his old partner back because he can't cut it without Ricky Martel. Yeah. So they were already setting up what, what's going to happen here. Right. I just, I just thought it was odd that, you know, they, I, I, I guess the idea was, well, first off, I mean, you know, okay, fine. You know, the Martel was out because his, his wife was ill. Fine. Sure. And Tito went back to doing singles. Um, but that, Apparently that they they had so much. Uh, it's interesting because they obviously mu- creative, which at this point is just Vince. Obviously must have had a lot of faith in Rick Martel to ha- have a guy who just came back from being out for whatever reason, and they give him a storyline to have a what what on TV tropes they call the breakup breakout. Yep. With with uh, with Tito oh. you know, Santana the yep. break you know 
Shawn Michaels had the breakup breakout. You break up and suddenly one becomes a star and then one not so much. But I, so that, that's the thing. It's like in, in a vacuum, this makes sense. But it's like in context, it's like, yeah, well, Strikeforce wasn't teaming. Yeah, right, so. right, right. It wasn't like you broke them up when they were still a hot team. You know, you could have put them back together for a little yeah. bit and let yeah. them kind of get over. Yeah. <laughs> is it me? Um, you know, of course, anytime I can watch Arn and Tully work, they're one of my favorite tag teams of all time. They are my favorite. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, to me, you know, uh, you know, not, 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 not to sound like the revival, uh, but you know, the, the best to me, the best horseman tag teams are uh, yeah. Flair, Arn, <laughs> Tully, and Barry Windham. I mean, that is, that is the best hor- the horsemen ever are. And I know they used to team Windham up with Arn sometimes, but Arn and Tully together, that's the best team up. I mean, that's it. I mean, that, that right there, it's better than Arn and, and, uh, and Ole. I know people are like, oh, how can you not like Ole Anderson? Because he's a dick. And he wasn't very yeah. good. I mean, I'm honest with you. Like, he's a tough son of a bitch, and I believe he's a tough son of a bitch, um, even if he you know, keeps telling you he's a tough son of a bitch. But, I mean, Arn and Tully were a better team. And to yeah. be honest, I mean, Arn Anderson, I know he's one of your favorites of all time. Um, Absolutely. And, but Tully Blanchard was an asshole, uh, you know, in and out of the ring. And, man, he was really good at pissing you off. I mean, let's face it, Magnum yeah. TA, you know, nearly took his eye out with a wooden chair in the ring, and they were friends. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> just saying, you know. Um, yeah, and they liked each other. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, th- this match this match was a, a – I had a grin on my face for this whole match. You got, like I said, four of – you know, I say – I think I've used this phrase. I never, this is a Luke match, if there ever was one, right? Yep. You got four of my guys in this match. Yep. Arn and Tully, uh, Tito Santana, Ricky Martel, four guys I always mark out for. You know, and, and I like, I mean, again, I didn't always pull for baby faces, but I did like Strike Force. I had two right. of my guys in it. Yeah. And, and, and then, but then the storyline itself, I mean, even be, before you even get there, the match itself is back and forth good yep. stuff. It's good classic tag team stuff. This, this the revival's watching this with a notepad going, yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Give me some more coffee. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the <laughs> thing is, the, but, but this, this match was, is out of place here. That's the yeah. problem. We, we've now seen seven matches before. That are okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. This match is so out of place in the WWF style. This was an old NWA kind of match. Like I mean, it was short yeah. for an NWA match. I mean, it was only not what uh, nine minutes and change, nine seventeen. But this was very much yeah. like you know Jim Crocker Promotions, very much like Florida Championship Wrestling. This is very much like not what we were supposed to be getting in 1989 at WWF, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Right. But I think Arn and Tully, I don't remember Arn and Tully ever having, like, really silly matches. Um, I know they weren't super no, happy no, here, but, not, you know. I mean, Ar- Arn and Tully didn't. Arn would have more than his fair share of ridiculous matches. Well, that's because he just ran out in his underwear. But, I mean, I just say, <laughs> oh, well, Arn. Well, no, but, uh, there, there, there was somebody, somebody put a, somebody put this gif up on Twitter a couple of weeks ago as we were recording this. And it said, uh, it's like another shiny from Arn Anderson, and it's when he's it's, he's in the boxing match, I guess, with Johnny yes. B. Bad. Yeah, and he's got the bucket over his head, and he just gets tagged in the head with the bucket. It's like, oh, Arn Anderson, you're the. I, I mean, when I met Double A this year at SC Comic Con, I I told him, I said, look, I said, I said, my brother growing up was a huge Ric Flair fan. I said I was always a fan of you, and I knew that if Arn Anderson was in the ring, something bad was going to happen to somebody. He said, yeah, most of the time it was happening to me. So, <laughs> yeah. So, if, I, I will say, if you ever get a chance to meet Arn Anderson, he is a—he was a really great dude. He, he, we talked for a few minutes, and uh, he was just a really gregarious, really good guy. So, if you ever get the opportunity, I recommend it. But uh, 
So we go into the end of this match. Yeah. And again, again, Strike Force has has advantage. You know, there's a great spot here where um, uh, Santana is in, and he puts he puts Tully in the figure four, and then Ricky Martel puts the figure four on Arn Anderson. Yeah. Which is again, you think of that like a modern spot, you know, both guys tied up. I just thought that was neat because well, that's very, uh, we that's got a very to see rock Santana. and roll express. That's a very rock yeah. and roll express yep. midnight express thing, you know. Yeah, tie tie both guys up and yep. everybody cheers and they gotta let one of them up there, you know. But uh, um, so so Santana goes for the uh, the flying forearm. It was not the flying burrito. Go for the flying burrito. That's yeah. right. Uh, and he misses Tully and he hits Ricky Martel. And um, so then he gets, you know, Martel is knocked out and he's taken forever to recover. And uh, then Santana finally gets away and goes for the tag and, and uh, Martel, you know, short arms him and walks away, turning heel. And that leads to the Rainbusters hitting the spike pile driver, which was still legal, I guess, at this point. In, legal uh, there. It was it was banned in Memphis, though. Uh, so. And in well. Uh, well, you know, like I said, uh, I'm I'm hoping that with uh, Glenn Jacobs now as the mayor of Knox County, we can finally get the uh, the spike pile driver ban reversed. It's, yeah. it's unconstitutional and it's outdated. Right. Uh, but in any event, so uh, I, I so it's a great ending here <laughs> yeah. with the the turn by Ricky Martel and then Tito Santana eating the spike pile driver, and then Martel just displaying his disgust. His absolute disgust as I'm doing the thing up to the mic uh, with, like with he's so much Santana. garbage. Yeah. Like he's just so much garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. You know exactly. I mean, this it, the match stands out because it's so different. I mean, in the end, in an NWA, you know, it would still be a good match, and no matter where it was done, but it wouldn't stand out as being so different there because it would have just kind of been a standard match there, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but this it was, this, this, it was a lot of fun, and, and as a fan of specifically Rick Martel as the model, this is obviously a big deal because this is the beginning of the model. And yep. he would be a few months later be repackaged as the model. Yeah. And he and he kept that gimmick for a long time. And he did. I mean this is nineteen eighty nine. He was the model until what like nineteen ninety four or so, least, wasn't he? When least, he finally yeah. left. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a Hasbro of him as the model, so he had to be around long enough for that to happen. It's, and it's a it is Well, I, I will say this, there is a Hasbro and I and I will say this, uh, um uh, my Jake, you got me the the Ricky Martel, and you got me a Tito Santana. Which, if you watched our YouTube channel, uh, if you go to the Facebook page, you can get the link to the YouTube. Um, and uh, and and you got me a Ricky a, a Ricky Martel to go with him. That is a fantastic figure, even though it is it is the the Macho Man One body, which is one of the best Hasbro bodies. Oh, the as best far Hasbro body, period. Yeah, but his face sculpt, he looks just so arrogant. Yep, and it's like, why? Yes, I am a model. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang fantastic. on. You ready for this? So you have Tito Santana and you have the model. You have you have El Matador and the and the model, right? And then I also for your birthday got you the Arn Anderson Galoob, but they never made an they never made it made, never made a Tully. Otherwise, you could have yeah. this match. <laughs> you could have this match. <laughs> so and Arn's even got his hands out, so he could do kind of the spike pile driver thing. Yeah. So. Well, that that Arn Anderson was great because he kind of did, he did the spine buster with it. I know we're kind of going into the figure stuff, but if he do the spine buster, yeah. he was good for like pile driver he was good for a lot of things so um, yeah, he could do ddt you know yeah he could even do like a body slam and stuff that so Harrison's a good figure mm-hmm. yeah i was always, always jealous because i never had any of the wcw guys yeah uh when we were kids you had all of them but i yeah. always loved that but you i'll say we'll say this you let me use arn anderson whenever mm-hmm. i wanted him so that yeah. was always you knew that was my hey man the fact I, I didn't get a wcw 
Yeah, yeah. the fig veg, you need them, you know. Yeah. I did not get a WCW guy. I'll shout out to my uh, our good friend Bob Hansen. Uh, when we were in high school, Bob gave me his um, uh, Flying Brian Pillman. Which was the, hard to uh, get your hands on trunks. back in the day. Yeah, I still have him, and he had and uh, and he's wearing a belt and everything. But uh, we won't talk about figures. There's 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 one or two uh, podcasts about wrestling figures out there now, apparently. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you right now, we're but, gonna do uh, a wrestling figure podcast. We'll do an episode about figures, um, and it'll be it'll be it'll be really good. But, but it'll be hard for Hero because he had three Hasbro's, and now he has his three Hasbro's again. Like you yeah. can watch in the unboxing he did. <laughs> so yeah, he was like, he did a good job. I'm like, I was telling John, I was like, man, I friggin' Painted that stuff up. I'm like, the shirt was like, Bossman's shirt was like three different colors. I'm like, Ugh. I was like, let's get a color and go with it, buddy. You know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Anyway, now it leads us to the Piper's Pit. Um, yes. And the Piper and Brother Love stuff was fine. Yeah. But man, I can, I cannot stand Morton Downey Jr. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That, why that, was he throwing this cigarettes? This is such a. Because, because that, that's, you get the feeling that Morton Downey Jr that was high i mean i guess coming well yeah well that that that's possibly you know most likely but you know the thing is is that this is this is such a the the celebrity aspects of mania are always the things that date it the most yeah yeah. and this may be like the worst example of that ever yeah you know yeah it's it's just i mean first off downey's show was if you look at it was only popular and really around for a relatively short amount of time his his shtick is so just over the top and stupid, yep. and and it's like the, you know that no one's coming out of this segment looking good except Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, you know, you you know, Mister Downey, I asked you not to blow smoke in my face, and I would really appreciate it. You know, so it's like you're just waiting and waiting because you know, okay, he humiliates Brother Love, which is fantastic. Yeah. Know? Uh, Brother Love, where to kill that? I mean, I'm sorry, that's comedy gold, right? There. Yeah. Well, Bruce, uh, but, Bruce Pritchard talked about that. How it was like, they're like, "What can we do?" He's like, "I'll go out and kill to be good." They're like, "You sure, Bruce?" He's like, "Oh, it'll be so funny." And he had to get. He was like, "He goes, what kind of what kind of boxers should I be wearing?" No, you should be wearing underwear. Like that was all the different things they could do. Like they were gonna get like underwear with hearts on it, like boxers. He goes, "No, that's not funny yeah. enough. We gotta like so his red like, and they basically look like wrestling trunks, but they're like you know it's like whatever right, and. Yeah. But they're satin and they're whatever. Like it's just, how funny can we make this? You see, a couple of years after this, he'd be out there in a thong, basically, and you'd be like, ugh, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But uh, but this was so <laughs> funny. But it's it, it's funny, absolutely. Yeah, this was. But funny. if it had ended there, oh yeah, that great. would have been fun. But it goes yeah, on for another five, six minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could just... you could have cut this down and given you know uh, you could have had Mr. Perfect and Blue Blazer come back to the ring and wrestle a whole other match in this time. Yeah. And and that that's the thing. It it just it just goes on. It yeah. just goes on and on. And it's like you know it it's you know what it is. It's I I kind of compare it to, and I'm, I'm going to get a little esoteric here. It's it's like a a, a Luke. Okay? So before Luke Cage teams up with Iron Fist, his comic was always basically the whole world dumping on him. Yeah. And everything going wrong, and everything going wrong, and the whole comic existed. For that catharsis of the last two or three pages when Luke could go to town on some dude and give him a headache for the rest of his life kind of thing, you know? That's what this is. Because Piper is just dealing with, with Downey's crap and dealing with his crap and dealing with his crap. And it's like, you know 
that Piper's going to unload on this guy. It's just a question of how badly is Roddy going to hurt him. Right, right. And right, so right. You, you just so – it's like it's that anticipation. But it's like Downey is so obnoxious. It's like you're just cheering for Piper to just hurt him. Yeah. Just, you know, put him to sleep, roll his ass out of the ring, step on his throat a few times, you know. Yeah. And then now, of course, the payoff of this is is excellent. It's a classic yeah. payoff with the fire extinguisher. Right, right, right. But, but it's uh, it just goes, it just goes on, on. The long. setup for it yeah. just takes. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. and great to see Hot Rod, even if he's not, you know. Yeah. So your match number nine, getting back to the actual card here, now that 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 shenanigans in the ring yeah. is over. Is Jake the Snake Roberts versus Andre Giant with Big John Studd as this guest referee? Um, now, the, I just like to point out you know, but Big John Studd as the referee. This was my favorite exchange between Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. Okay. When, when they introduce Big John Studd and he's coming down to the ring, and they they say his weight, it's like three hundred twenty-seven pounds, whatever Big John Studd. Yeah, weighs. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, and and Gorilla goes, well, where does somebody that size go to get weighed? He goes, where about you? Where did you go to get weighed? Did you hang off the meat hook? And Jesse goes, absolutely. Where'd you go to get weighed, Gorilla? He goes, I used to go to the truck stops, Jess. Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. And he says it with, you know, when Gorilla would get that light touch in his voice, and yeah. it's just, it's so wonderful. Yeah. I it's... would go to the truck stops. <laughs> yeah, Gorilla. I mean, the other thing about Gorilla is that you know he's so. Un- I don't think people appreciated how good he was until he wasn't on the mic anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, people will say, "Oh, Jr. is the best of all time." Oh, Jerry Lawler. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I get what you're talking about. It's what you grew up with. But if you go back and listen to Gorilla. Like, especially Gorilla and Heenan, oh, my God, they're comedy gold. They're just so yeah. funny. And and they did stuff. You're like, okay, this is just awesome. Because they let Heenan shine. It, he always, you know, he always, Gorilla never put, he never thought putting himself over. It was always putting over the, you know, what they're talking about, whatever. But he never, yeah. but he always had one-liners and comebacks and whatever. It just was great. And Ventura and him together were just awesome because he didn't get it all the time. I think if you had it too much, right. it'd get stale, you know. Yeah. And the thing always was, all in, in retrospect, Again, because obviously I was too young to have seen either Jesse or Gorilla wrestle, uh, is that in retrospect there there are these two guys that are that are so funny even when Jesse's being mean to people because he yeah. is a lot. Oh of my times. god, he's so they were mean. both they were both they were both these awful heels. Yeah, but Gorilla is like just the nicest guy ever that everybody loves except. Keenan or Jesse, everybody else loves Gorilla. Yeah. He was this awful monster guy. Yeah. Well, he was a big. But guy, you know what's you funny know, then? If, so. if you watch, if you watch Gorilla back when he was wrestling, his his delivery is still the same. Well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go in there and I'm yeah. gonna take out Wild McDad, you know, or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull his eye out of his socket right there and just do it in the middle of the ring. So. Um, <laughs> You know, so did uh, so. My question was, did he so the whole take, setup with the this whole setup? Yeah, I'm just saying, did he take the turnbuckle pad off before the match? Like right as the match is starting, yeah, he, he takes, takes it, it off, off right? Yeah. Okay, because I'm like, when did it come off? But it had to be Heenan taking it off, you know, kind of thing. Um, right. So the whole setup for this match, of course, Andre the Giant is definitely afraid of snakes. <laughs> yes. As, for, giants for again, because be. he is, because giants are always scared of little things. I, I, I hate to hate to imagine what would happen if uh, 
if Jake Roberts had brought a mouse to the ring, uh, like a like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Um, but you know, all things considered, the problem with this match is that, I mean, Andre is is getting on to the end of his career yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and he's not and he but you know that said, Andre's moving around pretty decent in this match considering a lot of the stuff he was doing at this time. You're right. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's not not prime, not prime Andre by any stretch. No, but no, no. Considering this was a match that had such a, a it was basically a big schmage match. He had Big John Studd in there, you know, DiBiase and Virgil get involved. You had the whole thing about the snake and all that. It's like again, but just seeing Andre working is is even though you know he's got to be in a lot of pain out there, yeah. but he's out there and he, and he appears to be putting in a pretty decent effort. So yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. It, you almost wonder if. I don't know what it on. Do you know did did we ever did we ever find out like what Andre thought about Jake Roberts? Did he like Jake Roberts? Yes. Or? Yeah. Uh, Jake Roberts did an interview with um, uh, the guy who talks all about the pot and stuff. Um, was on uh, Jesus Christ. He was on talk radio. Joe Rogan. Um, I couldn't think of yeah. his name. Um, he was on Joe Rogan and he talked and because they were talking about Andre and stuff and he's like, well, Andre and I were, you know, he goes, uh, he he must have liked me because you know he we worked together so much and i always made sure i tried to take care of him and he never did any never took any liberties with me or anything so andre must have at some point i mean again i know jake was grizzly smith's son but being a second generation wrestler didn't mean a whole lot to andre if you were a dick he treated you like you know you deserve to be treated um but i think jake was another guy who you know kind of he gave andre his respect he you know he let him get his moves in he you know he took care of him in the ring he didn't do anything stupid you know, isn't that yeah. half the battle kind of thing, you know, with that, with Andre? Right, so, yeah. Um, but I, I always heard that Andre had liked Jake the Snake, and uh, I think he liked Jake the Snake about as much as he disliked the Ultimate Warrior, which is very yeah. hard. God, <laughs> did he hate the fucking Warrior. And yeah, with well, all with yeah. all reason, because the Warrior, I mean, see, this is, this is something that came up the other day. I was I was putting, <laughs> I have all the, the Warrior Hasbros and the new Warrior on the, on, the, on this thing, and I said, it's so funny, Kelly goes, well, I go, I, I loved the Warrior when I was a kid, man, he sucked, like, as a yeah. wrestler. Like, he just was not a good wrestler. And Kelly's like, yeah, but he's the guy you liked. I'm like, I know, but, like, because he was just so freaking cool. But you're like, God, this guy was not good. And then, like, I look yeah. back, and I'm like, man, how did I not appreciate, you know, the Randy Savages and the, and the Jake Roberts and the, you know, uh, I mean, hell, I mean, I'm looking at, like, Paul Roma going, man, Paul Roma sucks. I'm like, oh, Paul Roma's way better than the Warrior, though. You know, like, uh, right, just move sets yeah. and stuff. Like, how did I don't know? I mean, it was just hard because we were little. We were young at the time when we first saw these guys. You know, like Hogan was bigger than life, and like Warrior was able to beat Hogan, and it makes you know it's all the superhero thing. It's just, you know kind of stuff. But right, anyway. and, that, and that's especially in WWF. You know, it's that personality goes a long way with it. Yeah. You know, and that was always a thing that. And again, two guys here. I mean, Andre would have been a star no matter what. Uh, that that Andre had such great magnetism was just his own personal presence. You know, it, that that's when Andre was in the room that he he took. You know, it, it, what is that? That's uh, Yaya's sister. She always took up all the space in the room, right? Yeah. And Andre was like that. Andre literally was bigger than life. Yeah. But Jake Roberts, such an interesting persona. That, you know, he could hold his own and he held your attention. He was always, especially at this time, he was always the guy who was a little bit different, yep. you know, especially when he was working babyface like he was here. He always talked real quiet. He didn't want to yell and scream at the camera. And he slowed it down. So he was that thing, you know, if you can't, you know, if, if you can't, uh, you, you know, you if can't everyone's yelling, you whisper. That, 
Right. If everyone's yelling, yeah, you whisper. Do less, if everyone's more. doing this, you do that. You always do the opposite. Yeah. And the one thing about Jake the Snake, why was so not the, weird. As a face, he's just so weird as a face because he's just clearly a heel. You know, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Well, it was it was the old thing. He was a he was a he was only a baby face because he was feuding with heels, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when he was feuding with a baby face, he became a heel. Yeah. Uh, when he's basically the same guy. Baby face by definition only. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like Ric Flair in that respect. I, I thought it was funny a couple of years ago that there was an interview with Charlotte and uh, she said that you know she they asked her was like oh they they asked well do you like working as baby face or working as a heel and she her response was like you know I I try to make the, my persona be consistent whether I'm working as a babyface or a heel. It's like, well, that's just like Ric Flair, isn't it? Yeah, that's what Flair. It's like yeah. no matter no matter what where Ric Flair needed to be, he was still Ric Flair. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, same thing with Harley Race. Like, same uh, thing with the like, that's what the yeah. best of all time could do. You know, and that's why that's why I mean, again, you can you can make the argument that Hulk Hogan's not one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's one of the best drawing powers of all time because he was oh, so. Yeah good when he became bad he was so bad but that's the way he drew so much money no one's ever yeah. going to accuse hogan of being the best technical wrestler in the world um but he could draw money like nobody else you know even and again i'll put rick flair in the same category ricky steamboat you know i mean until guys like the rock and stone cold steve austin and john cena there's a reason why those guys are on the mount rushmore of uh you know you can say well they're not the best wrestlers of all time yeah but i'm not talking best wrestler who can make you the most money you know, it's Steve yeah. Austin, it's The Rock, it's Hulk Hogan, it's it's you know John Cena. Those are the guys. Why? They don't have to be such good wrestlers. And to be honest, yeah. I mean, you know, a guy like John Cena, you know, he's always been the fate. I mean, when he was the bad guy, wait, quote unquote, a bad guy, when he was the heel, the rapper gimmick yeah. and stuff. Even then, he was too cool for school. So you know, it just you know, I mean, he he's never you know Ric Flair was always the same. Arn Anderson, who very rarely ever worked face, was always the same. He worked the exact same way no matter who he was facing. So. Anyway, yeah. um, so this match ends. So the ending of this match is a mess. Ending of this match is <laughs> is a big mess because out come Ted DiBiase and Virgil, of course. Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant are allies at this point, mm-hmm. and they try to they try to swipe Damien. Here's your mo- your second moment of Zen. Ted DiBiase's carrying the bag. Yeah. Why wouldn't Why would the Burn, rich guy right. be carrying anybody's bag? Right. Exactly. Whether it had a snake in it or not, shouldn't Virgil have been carrying that bag just yeah. from a continuity standpoint? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, but Andre hit stud for no discernible reason, and then it's a disqualification. And oh, it's it's yeah, yeah. it's not the only way it's, the match uh, could end, though. Yeah. I mean, so the note, yeah. I mean, here's the and here's the thing: Big John Stud, he had just come back. He's gone. This is April, but June, he's gone from the WWF. Yeah, he died soon after. I mean, it wasn't like he was he didn't have much longer to live. I mean, yeah. was, you know, he was so he was sick. Um, and you feel yeah. bad for John Minton because John Minton was, you know, from all accounts, a very nice per He was a family man, a very good guy. Um, it's just his gimmick that he was a bad guy, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. um, and he was a big dude, but, you know, he wasn't a true giant, you know, like the big show or like uh, Andre right. or like. Elegante, you know, kind of thing, or Kali, you know. Yeah. Like, all right, the second two not quite as good as the first two, but okay. Um, but they were giants. They were you can't true, take they that were away from giants. Them. Yes, Ron yes. Reese says the Yeti, you know, butt fucking Hogan, you know, kind of thing. Um, Yeti. Yeti. Uh, oh my God, that's still one of the worst visuals of mine. You can't. Yeah. Once you see it, it will never get out of your brain. Anyway, I'll so, see it. Yeah. 
All right, so we're up to match 10 now. Match 10 is the Hart Foundation versus Rhythm and Blues. Now, you're saying to yourself, okay, Hart Foundation, one of the best tag teams of all time. They were the faces here. Rhythm and Blues is actually a really good tag team. Now, yeah, in are. all honesty, the dream team of, uh, of Beefcake and Valentine is one of the best tag teams of the 80s. I know people may not agree with me, whatever, but they're so different in how they worked. They worked well together. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and re- the reality is Honky is, is he was re- uh, he was really good with with um, with Greg Valentine here. You know, as weird as Valentine looks with the blacked out hair. Yeah, uh, that's just ridiculous. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, and of course, they have to mention that it always takes uh, Valentine seven or eight minutes just to get warmed up. You know, it always yep. kind of thing. And the back and forth between Gorilla and Jesse here is just outstanding, just nonstop. Just sniping at each other back and forth, just funny stuff. Well, what I what I love here, they they talk about they talk about how um, you know that Greg Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man are both former Intercontinental champions. They 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 you know they they that yep. that is a part of an Intercontinental champion, and they and he starts talking. And Gorilla says, "Oh, I beat an Intercontinental champion." He goes, "Who did you beat?" He goes, "I beat Pat Patterson." He goes, "Pat Patterson," and Jesse buries Pat Patterson, <laughs> which is. Hysterical. Freaking hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> right. He just buries uh, but them. Yeah, but th- this, this, yeah, th- this was a fun match. Like I said, you got, you got the hearts are always good, and and uh, and rhythm and blues worked really well together. It was, it was odd because again, that you wouldn't necessarily think that these guys would would mesh because you know Honky was was his style was just not you know uh, he had he you know he 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 got beat up a lot. He would uh, you know he. He would he would be working guys over, but he wasn't a real grappler. But then you got Valentine, and Valentine could go pretty well. So yeah, this, this and and you got Jimmy Hart out there too. So it's the whole thing with the Hearts were had, had turned and they had left Jimmy Hart and all that. So yeah, uh, yeah, this, this this was a good match. I like this one. Yeah, and yeah. I like that Jimmy Hart's megaphone comes into play, of course, yep. because it has to, because you can't have a clean finish. You know, yeah. that's it's not allowed. <laughs> I mean, the Hearts still win, but yeah, it's it's, it's good. So because the next match. Uh, match 11 for your IC title match here. Rick Rude versus the champion, the ultimate warrior for the title. Oh, boy. Um, so Rude wins the IC belt here in what could be about the best you can expect out of these two, especially considering the warrior. And he just said this. I mean, the yeah. warrior was not a good worker. Um, he was really good at running to the ring and shaking the ropes and looking like a million bucks. He looked great. That's one of the things, too. He's like, you looked at his body, you're like, man, this guy's like, you know, looks like the Adonis. He looks, he's like he's cut out of stone. But he might have been because he really didn't understand what the hell he was doing in wrestling. So, and, and God rest his soul, yeah. you know, he just was make, you know, I'm not making fun of a dead person, but I'm just being honest. Good gravy. He just was not, he was not the technical wizard that he, you know, he wasn't, he just didn't have a move set that was much of anything. Well, um, I mean, look, let's look at it this way. Okay. You know, they, that's always the knock on both Hogan and Warrior. Well, that neither of them were really great workers. You know, Hogan's work in Japan, notwithstanding. Right. You know, watch, watching Hogan work in Japan, it's like, holy, it, the first time you see it, it's just like, what? what? Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> but uh, who's this but guy that, dressed that, like that Hogan? Notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. He looks a lot like Hulk Hogan. He's big. He's blonde. But, the whole, <laughs> but in any event, so that that notwithstanding, let's talk about in the U.S. Hogan in the U.S. did not have a huge moveset. He just didn't. His matches were very, very formulaic. They worked the same way. They didn't have to be anything but formulaic for the most part because that drew money. Fine. Hogan had enough 
ability to first off move around the ring. He had enough ability to, to work with the guys he was in the ring with who often were bigger than him and, and to make his, to make himself look good. And he could make other guys look good by selling. And he was, he, he had enough skill in the ring to be able to do that and do his match and make his match the best Hogan match he could with the guy he was working with. Okay. Warrior. This, I mean, and again, I, I know there's a lot of people that love the ultimate warrior, I'm, I'm not I'm not ranking on the guy, but he didn't have that skill to the level that somebody like Hogan did. No, yeah, which did. is why when he started becoming a top guy, the cracks were harder to plaster over. Yeah, you know we we see it here. I mean, Rick Rude makes the Warrior look like a million bucks. Yep, it's all in this match. It's all he does all that he can, but then the whole spot where it's the backbreaker and he's oh, trying to pick God. him up, it, yeah. it looks terrible. Yeah, and it's all and and I don't and it's not. You know, Rude, like I said, Rude's doing everything. Rude's making himself look like an idiot in this match. I doubt he's, I don't think he's sandbagging the Warrior. I think it's just Warrior can't get it done at that right. spot. And it's like, and and so that kind of stuff just sticks out after a while. It's like, really? So, like I said, I mean, Rude drags a good match out of the Warrior here. And it, I think it helps with the finish that, um, you know, that, uh, uh, that Rude was over with Heenan's help. This is the first pinfall loss that the Warriors suffered, uh, at least on TV. Uh, I'm sure he had lost some in, in um, yeah, yeah, before yeah. he became the Warrior. But, you know, the, the ending helps this match a lot because, you know, I honestly, I remembered, I remembered that Rude had gone over, but I'd forgotten that Heenan cheated and helped him win and all that, which is perfect, you know, not to be confused with perfect, who was on earlier. Um <laughs> So that was uh, so that that helps this match, but yeah, this this is this is this is a little rough going to yeah. watch. So, match number twelve, worked number twelve, um, Bad News Brown, aka Bad News Allen, versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, yeah. So my note here is okay. Not sure what we could expect, except what we got. Yeah. Like, it's a brawl. <laughs> what do you expect yeah. to get? I mean, it's Duggan and Brown. Okay. It's two two legit tough guys yes. right here. Tough different different tough guy. guys. Different tough guys. You know, kind of thing. Uh yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get classic, you. I got uh, you. you know. The Malenko Malenko Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um yeah, I mean it's just I think it felt like I feel like at this point, like the last the, the, the this match and the next match were just kinda like, Hey, we got four minutes to fill. Go. You know, kind of thing. So this yeah. was like three minutes and change. It's it's not good. Um, but again, it's not really, it's not horrible, but it literally is a TV taping match. It's not a, yes. you know, match 12 on a WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. and I love the finish of a double DQ because yeah, double, of course, yeah. no one wins. <laughs> not, not the audience certainly did. Yeah. Right. So no, no one nobody, won here. The nobody audience, goes the nobody, page. nobody no. was happy, you know. It wasn't long. But you get... know what? Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Bad News Brown got WrestleMania paydays. paydays yeah, so which is good up. for them. Right, this this is why they eventually. But seriously, I mean, I would have, in, in all seriousness, I would have loved to see these two guys in like a no disqualification match where they just got to brawl for six or seven minutes. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, but that's that's not the match we're gonna get. There's no story here. There's right. reason for Hacksaw and and Brown to be fighting, except for the fact, literally, that their characters are both that they will fight anybody. Right. You know. That's that. I mean, that I mean, that's Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Bad News Brown, right? It's like, I'll fight them. I'll fight anybody. You know, they're two guys yeah. that don't back down. And, um, you know, and, it, and it's funny because, again, it's just a brawl. You think about Bad News as a brawler, but, you know, Bad News was a Judica. He was a legitimate yeah. fighter. You know, he could go pretty good. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he just yeah. didn't really get much opportunity to, except for his, uh, you know, his big Enzigiri. You could see how agile he was, at least right. in, in WWF. You watch him in, like, Stampede and stuff. Or you watch him in uh, Japan. I have a whole Japan, de- I have a couple yeah. set of a set of him in Japan. Yeah. Him and him and Andre were a team over there. Good luck, uh, Andre yeah. and Bad News Allen. <laughs> I know you hired Bad News Allen to take my eye. Yeah, you sent Bad News Allen to take out my eye. Ah. <laughs> so I know you sent Greg the Hammer Valentine to put me in an arm bar for ninety minutes. <laughs> I'm just gonna need some help finding the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so. We are we are down. Uh, we don't last, we don't deserve yeah. Tex Ferguson. I'm just yeah. or or Chad too bad. Yeah, Chad too bad. Um, we're down the to big a boot, a lariat toe, a one two three, and a payday for you and, and me. me. <laughs> so, all right. So we are down to our last two matches. Um, and really the third match thirteen, Red Red Rooster and Bobby Heenan. I don't. What the hell is this? Like, I don't was, I don't know. Okay, so my note is, what was the point? Set up feud for. Set up feud between Brawler and Rooster? Question mark. Yeah. Come on. I actually wrote, come yeah. on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'd like to point out really? is that as we are recording this, the Red Rooster has an elite figure, and the Brooklyn and Brawler doesn't. The Red, so. uh, no, you're right. Yeah. Brawler has yeah. Brawler has a Jax figure, but not a yes. but not an elite. Not, yeah. not a Mattel elite. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I, I mean, always, always fun to see Bobby the Brain Heenan in the ring and get beat up. That all that that's a that's a make the crowd happy moment. Yeah, but it's like, what? I, I don't I don't get this at all. I really don't. I mean, the Red Rooster, you know, the computerized man, Terrence Taylor, uh, <laughs> with um, Alexandra York. You know, I mean, I yeah, Alexandra York needed to. to step in here and say no yeah no, no, yeah terry no. but we're, we're still a couple away we're a couple of years away from the york foundation was that 92 91 yeah, 92 93 so. yeah so we're we're a couple of years away from that so we got to suffer through this 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 has no place on this card yeah, i'm sorry i mean what what this should what this match should have been if you want to make a match out of it is you make it red rooster versus the brawler and then have heenan get beat up at the end of it but yep. that's not for whatever for reason, I don't. I don't know. Me, I, I with a match with for a, a card with this many matches where they're all around the same length. I have a hard time believing somebody ran so long that they needed to cut this down to thirty-one seconds. But yeah. yet here we are. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but and then here we are. So now we're to our main event, match fourteen, the mega the power only match explode. anyone remembers from this entire card. Yep. Well, because the entire card's built to get to this match. And by yeah. that I mean everything is not memorable except this match. So yeah. there was no even chance. even the here's the thing even the stuff that we've talked about that, that was we, good was good is not memorable. Yeah. No. yeah, perfect in the blue blazer. It's yeah. good. It's not memorable. Yeah, you know, well, uh, 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 Strike Force versus the Brain Busters, good match except for the finish. Yeah, not a real memorable match. You right. Know? But the, but the thing is, what what they didn't want to have happen is what happened at WrestleMania three. Everyone talks about Hogan Andre. Yes. But West WrestleMania three talked about more often than Hogan Andre. It's the Savage Steamboat match that is considered to be the greatest yeah. match of all time. Um, right. But that's the problem. They didn't want anyone stealing yeah. the show here. Well, there ain't no right. show stealers in these. Right. Oh, but and and it, but in you know that's TV the thing. Fodder. In fairness, in fairness, WrestleMania three, the main event is still a legendary match. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah. yeah. But well, I, I can I can totally understand. But I'm saying, but like, that, but, but that, you say yeah, WrestleMania three, people think Hogan Andre, of course. But people think, yeah. oh, yeah, and that was also Savage Steamboat. Yeah. You know, the, you, you couldn't take a chance of that happening here. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so 
and they didn't. So with that stacked card, they definitely didn't. Um, so we have our, our challenger, which is hard for Gorilla to say. It's hard to see him yeah. without the belt. And Jess Van Heeren is like, I like him without the belt. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course you do, Jess, because you hate Hogan, um, which is probably the most shoot thing that was said all yeah. night. Um, so, it's a shoot, yeah. It's a shoot. And so then, you know, in comes Savage and what corner will Elizabeth stand in and all this stuff. And it, it the match, I mean, this is so much more than just a match. This is just a year of build, more than a year of just building this thing. You know, ever since Liz ran to the back and got Hogan before uh, Macho, you know, was going to take the guitar shot to the head. You know, it's just yep. it just builds and builds and builds. And it's just like such an epic thing that we don't see anymore, period. You just cannot mm-hmm. see this anymore. Yeah. You know, so. And th- I mean, I, I mean, this is this is the thing about about Savage is that Savage was a meticulous guy. Oh, yeah. When it came to a big match, planner, yeah. You know, they, the the story goes that him and Steamboat worked for weeks on the WrestleMania match, and this match, it's, I mean, this this is my note. Is this Hogan's best worked WrestleMania match? It might be. I yeah. tend to think it is because you look at his other Mania matches. There's some classics, but this is the, probably the best well, worked match. Yeah, he has classics because of what they meant. The steel cage yeah. with Bundy, you know, Andre and Hogan, what, you know, Hogan losing to the Warrior. What they mean means more, maybe, than yeah. this match. But from a work rate point, this is Hogan's best work rate in, in a WrestleMania match ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not me just, you know, picking on, on Hogan. I'm a huge Hogan fan. I've always been a Hogan fan. Uh, you know, because Hogan must pose, so did I. It's okay. I pose, yeah. too. You know, kind of thing in my Hulk Hogan shirt. Uh, yes. <laughs> But I'm just saying is it's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, OK, so this is probably the best work he's ever done by way of a, uh, you know, in a, uh, in a in a mania match. But it's also, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it's good. It's 17 minutes. It's the longest match by far on the card. You know, it's clearly set up around this whole thing. And yet, you know, you kind of knew where this was going. You know, it's a shame because to me, I'd rather see Savage win. Now, looking back at it, but at the time, I was yeah. totally stoked that Hulk Hogan won. So, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, the thing the thing is with this, and and I don't know the history. I don't know this for a fact. But the finish of this match is really very special when you get down to it. Because, you know, uh, you know it's back and forth, as you'd expect. Right. Savage gets the upper hand. He's, he's, uh, he, he hot shots Hogan. You know, he's, uh, he, he's, he's really hurting him. He's outside for a while. And then he hits the elbow drop. Yeah. And he doesn't get the pin. And right. then Hogan hulks up. And then yeah. that's the end of the match coming out with the Hulk out. Well, and you have to boot, go right to the, the end there. You have to. Once, right. once he kicks out, you got to go right to the end. Because you can't yeah. have it be back. Savage cannot get advantage again. It's got to be over. Once he doesn't win right. with the elbow, it's got to be Hulk up. Boom. Boot. Leg drop. Adios, muchacho. You know, kind of thing. Well, so. was that the first time that Savage hit the elbow drop during a match and didn't get the win? Uh, Probably. I mean, it might be. It's certainly, certainly by this point, after he was the IC champ, if he hit that elbow drop, that was all she wrote. Did he you were the, done. Did he hit the elbow drop on, on, on Steamboat? He did. No, okay. He did, but then he went up again and George Steele pushed him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he didn't, he didn't go for a pin. Nobody no. kicked out of it. No one's ever kicked out of it. So, yeah. I mean, but that's, that's how you the thing. I mean, the Hogan kicking out of that leg drop, yeah. kicking out of the elbow drop. I mean that that's I mean that's that's like that's big deal stuff right yeah. there. You protect the move, you protect the move, you protect the move, 
And then when you have somebody kick out, it makes it a big deal. You know, yeah. it's not like nowadays where guys hit their finishers and hit like, oh, guy kicks out on, on like five minutes into raw. And you're like, oh, you know, kind of thing like you protect it. You know, that's why it's like that's how Roddy Piper never got pinned or submitted ever in WWE. He never did. He never he never got pinned or submitted um, when he was the heel, when he was the whole run with Hogan and stuff. He lost yeah. matches by DQ constantly. He lost all the time. Yeah. In fact, he lost more than he ever won. But he refused to get pinned. Why? Because he's like, I'm protecting myself. I have to protect you. Because the second I lose clean, um, you know, people will believe that I'm not the best guy. I'm not the top guy. Well, he's always been the top guy. That's, you know, that, that was Savage's it was, it was, yeah. uh, thing. It was Piper's thing. It was whatever, you know. So. Yeah. It's, it's very odd for me looking back at this now. Yeah. Given my thoughts about these two guys when I was a kid, because yeah. this was April of 89. So I'm eight years old watching this. Right. And looking back at my thoughts, looking back at my thoughts of these guys then and my thoughts on these guys now. And it's very, very odd for me because I never liked Hogan as a kid. I, I, yeah. I always gravitated towards bad guys in general. And so I never really liked Hulk Hogan, but I've grown to really like Hogan now mm-hmm. as an adult and looking back at his stuff now and under why his matches were the way he were, way they were and the stuff he did in WCW and again, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I love the NWO, but a man, I couldn't stand Hollywood Hogan. But now I watch it, and it's like, oh man, I freaking love Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, right. So it's 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 tough now. And Savage, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. It's like everybody liked Savage. Nobody that I knew that watched wrestling disliked Randy Savage. Some people were big Savage fans. Right. Some people were like mild Savage fans. Savage is like Batman, you know. They got the Batman minimum appreciation index. There's yeah. like the Randy Savage minimum appreciation index. Right, right, right. But again, looking back at it now, man, I, I just did not realize how good you had it with Randy Savage mm-hmm. in his prime like this as, as a top guy, you know, yeah. babyface or heel. And, and it's, and these two guys clashing, it's like this card is really not great, but this main event is, is, it, it's worth it. This main event, this card is not good. I don't right. recommend watching the whole card, but watching this match, this is a good. I, if you want to look at what is WWF in 1989, this match is it. Yeah, you know, and it send them all home happy. Yeah, you know, Hogan wins. Hogan poses like he gets. Everyone gets to go home happy. Yeah, um, except. Except for Savage. Right. Um, <laughs> Although we did. I mean, and actually, you know, what's funny is we, we didn't mention this, but uh, there is an interview earlier in the night with Sherry Martell, with Sensational yes. Sherry, yes. where I love the first thing she does is bury Rock and Robin, which is freaking Oh, hilarious. my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, just as I was going to say, because he doesn't even get Liz, because Savage very soon after this will get paired up with Sherry. Yes, because he'll yeah. win the King of the Ring and become the Macho King. It was just great as an aside to see Sherry on her own, not working with Savage or or Michaels or whomever. Because again, you know, Sherry's just a legend. You know, she was right. always she 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 was just a great talent. But or but or any with, or with uh, Honk Tonk Man as Peggy Sue or whatever you yeah. know. Except when right. Jimmy Hart had to be Peggy Sue because she was on the road. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird time back in the eighties. Weird time back then. <laughs> Yeah, that was hot yeah. discussion on uh, the figure podcast because uh, Zack Ryder did not believe there was just a random girl every time. And, you know, uh, Kurt Hawkins is like, nope, it was Sherry Martell, nope. except when it was uh, well, he didn't even say to me hard. But he's like, no, it wasn't. It's like, OK, dude, you're just wrong yeah. now. So anyway, but, sorry, uh, Zach, but, that, yeah, but, but this, <laughs> but this match, like I said, that, yeah. um, you know, working up to this, 
was again this card is not good by any real demonstrable measurement there's some good matches but overall it's just a lot of it's a lot of filler but then the main event it's forgettable the main event is is a a good memorable wrestlemania main event you know right right yeah so i mean i know i mean folks you know what you know uh what do you think what were your memories of wrestlemania luke and i watched this um after the fact we didn't see this one live well did we see this one live we uh, saw we, four live. We might have seen this I, one live. This might have been one of the times we had seen it live. Yeah. Um, I know one of them, uh, the one in California, I think we, went with the, we saw that at our cousin's house and stuff. That was with Slaughter a couple years later, something yeah. like that. But um, actually, I think it was, was that six? That's seven. That's two seven, years later. Two years later. Yeah. So, um, you know, but again, you know, so what were your thoughts on this? What, what was your memories of this? You know, were you yeah. a little kid? Were you older maybe? Remember seeing it? Were you a huge you know, like, oh, I was a huge Hogan fan. I was so happy he got the belt back. Were you one of the, the Savage fans who was pissed off that he lost? And you know, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know, you know, kind of thing. So um, the key being is this, is that, you know, uh, the one thing about this, again, you, maybe you're saying, oh, guys, what are you talking about? I was at WrestleMania 5. Hey, if you were at WrestleMania 5, that'd be even yes. better. Let's Please email that. us if you were at WrestleMania 5. Yeah, we'd love to hear that. We'd that love be, to hear it. <laughs> you know, but all the hookers on the street and stuff and everything else like <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just looking back, you know, it's one of those things where everyone's like, oh, well, you know, wrestling's, you know, it's horrible now and stuff. And I'm like, Ugh, wrestling is different now. Wrestling is not what I used to be, unfortunately. And wrestling, you know, but again, everyone's like, oh, well, every WrestleMania was great. No, it wasn't. You know, yeah. I think this main event's memorable. The poster is just Hogan and Savage. Like this really, this entire, this entire WrestleMania was, we have Hogan versus Savage. What else? Yeah. Well, there's Hogan versus Savage. Well, it's, but what else do you need? Yeah. You know, right. These are, these are the top guys. And unlike Ted DiBiase, you know, top guys don't carry bags. Yeah. So <laughs> Ted DiBiase, apparently I'll carry the snake bag. Sure. But yeah. and, uh, he, he didn't carry his own belt, but he carried the snake. Uh, bag. Um, you know, the thing I, I, the, 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 the thought I had after watching this, it's like, man, it's like how many hours of this style of WWF wrestling did I watch when I was like mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine years old, Yeah, man. you know? Countless hours through the late eighties, early nineties. I mean, cause we watched, cause we watched, we watched all Everything. any wrestling that was on. We'd yeah. watch. I mean, like I said, we've talked about this. I mean, it, it's, it's hilarious to me, the popularity of glow, the Netflix series mm-hmm. on glow. Cause it's like, I remember watching glow with you when I was a real little kid. Yeah. We stay up late at night or, and watch it. Yeah. Like four and five or, or beyond like, like, um, like dad would go to the, to the, to the club and it'd be to the, to the gym. And right. it would be on, a, like, Saturday morning, like, really early on yep. Saturday morning sometimes. But I remember watching that. I was, like, a real little kid. I remember watching World Class and, um, you know, NWA and then into Jim Crockett, you mm-hmm. know, into WCW. So it was like, but how many – but I remember watching WWF just because it was always on. Yep. Well, we lived you know, in the Northeast, always, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was always superstars or challenge or right. when they'd have the, the cards at the garden and we'd watch them on MSG Network. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how many hours of this style, this sure. particular style of WWF wrestling did I watch as a kid? It's like, so this, even though it's not great, it's like, yeah, it's, it's familiar, you know? Yeah, 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 it's like yeah. going to Branson, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> That's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, folks, you know, so hey, you know, hit us up with that stuff. If you got memories like that, like just like Luke was talking about, or you know, WrestleMania stuff like this, or, or maybe maybe you were young enough, and maybe you're like, oh yeah, well, hell, my cousins over, we all watched it together. We did that for a couple of Survivor Series, remember? Like yes. Thanksgiving, everyone came over for Thanksgiving dinner. Dad would order Survivor Series, and we'd all watch Survivor Series together. It became yeah. a cool thing to do. Um, 
You know, we love. Or maybe you were a really big Dino Bravo fan, and you thought he got the short shrift, yeah, even though he went over on this yeah. card. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if Dino Bravo. Hold my breath for that in. email to come. Yeah, in. I mean, maybe his mama write in. That's about it. Um, but I'm just saying, is yeah. I mean, it's just what he called. It just is. This again, not every WrestleMania, every old WrestleMania is great. Not every new WrestleMania is horrible. Um, there is good parts and bad parts of everything. You know, we you can watch a card nowadays and say. Wow, I really enjoyed this match. I really enjoyed this entire card. I mean, Luke and I have been, you know, we watched, you know, modern wrestling. Luke was at the Crockett Cup, you know, which was great. I actually watched it the other day. I mean, I watched it uh, on, well, when it was, it's not on YouTube anymore, but I watched it when it was on YouTube. Um, it was outstanding. And I'm like, yeah. wow, what a great mix of stuff because it's not all the same. And I think that's one of the things that makes modern wrestling the ability to kind of have different matches built in when, when, when the booker understands what they're doing. Um, but to be honest at this time, why do, why change this formula worked, put yeah. a lot of butts in seats. It put a lot of like, this was like basically, you know, they sold out this event. So, and now WrestleMania tickets go on sale and it sells out with what? Like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And now WrestleMania is not just one day. Now WrestleMania is, is the, the whole week, the, you know, the access shows. And then you have NXT on Friday night. You have hall of fame on Saturday night. You have WrestleMania almost all day Sunday. Um, you know, and that's not even counting all the indie shows and everything else yeah. that goes on that same weekend. Yeah. It's now a whole big thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is now you have these uh, Ring of Honor. You know, they now hold their Supercard of Honor, you know, at the, like, right down the street most of the time. And, yeah. And, and, and all the podcasts that manage to like, you know, uh, you know, manage to, you know, who have ex-wrestlers on it, manage to hook themselves up with that. It's just it's just so much stuff that this has grown out of that little that little like that idea that McMahon had back to have this big you know wrestling event in the garden that nearly bankrupt the entire company. Um, now you know now cities are desperately vying for it. It brings in, yeah because of the economic benefit know, of having hundreds of millions of dollars it brings into the economy for you know for a whole time and it yeah. creates new jobs and does whatever. It's just crazy. So yeah, but, it's, it really is. And yeah. so it, that that's why I enjoy looking back at these because mm -hmm. you you compare. WrestleMania 35, that was my note from before. So, WrestleMania 35 had 16 matches. Mm -hmm. So, two more than this one. Yep. It is it is more than double the length yep. of this card. Yeah. And the quality is arguable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some, good, there's some good matches There's some good there. matches. I'm just saying, yeah. arguable. Not, yeah. not, not making a value judgment. Right. You can go either way. Well, they definitely have better pyro at 35 than they did yes. here. Well, that was also outside. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. So it didn't stop them from doing it like the year before when they fired off stuff inside the friggin' thing. You know, with yeah. Savage with the belt. Like, boom, boom, boom. We're like, oh, my God, are they bombing us? You know, so. Um, well, you know, I will say this about WrestleMania 35. Uh, if nothing else, the pre-show hmm. was wonderfully local because <laughs> the pre-show had the two boys from Long Island, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, winning oh, the, the Raw Tag Team titles. Yeah. And then who won the, the women's uh, battle royal? The queen of Staten Island herself, Carmella. So it definitely played yeah. into being at the, at the Meadowlands. So. <laughs> so. But, all right, folks. So, uh, you know, like we normally say, again, anything you want to tell, tell us about, I mean, again, thoughts, memories, all this stuff, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yep. you, can, you can email us at getbacktotherestling at yahoo.com. You can check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Just search for Get Back to the Wrestling, and you can talk about the shows there. You can check us out on Twitter. Our handle is at GBTTW Podcast. That's G 
BTTW podcast. And you can check us out on YouTube. Just search for Get Back to the Wrestling and you'll find our YouTube channel. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Please uh, follow us, like us, subscribe, comment, all that. Please spread the word. You guys are our N1C mafia. You are our street team and we love and appreciate every single one of you guys. Yeah. So, folks, and again, you know, anything else, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm always looking to, I know with those of you who are our friends online, you know, on social media, it doesn't cost me anything to share stuff. So if you have something you want to talk about, you know, whatever, we put you guys over. I mean, we have no problem. If you guys write in, we, 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 we read a lot of times we do feedback shows where you do a lot of feedback at one time, because this makes it easier for us to kind of like get on that, you know, kind of hint of answering your questions and stuff like that. We don't want to rush anybody. Um, but we have a good you know, time doing it when, you know, on Twitter, especially, you know, you'll see, Luke and myself, our own our own personal uh, Twitter accounts, will share stuff from the, the, the you know, um, you know, get back to the wrestling. Um, it's just the kind of stuff that's going on, you know, old school wrestling. So, and I just want to say uh, thank you for the people who support us all the time. Um, our buddies at Go Fight Pow, you know, Go Fight Pow, the official uh, card game of Go Get Back to the Wrestling. Um, you know, been you know Eric and all them been you know big time supporters of the show, and, and obviously we're supporters of them as well. And again, it doesn't. It doesn't cost you anything, but a, you know, a, like a second to share something or like something or you know, get involved that way on social media, and it helps other people kind of discover us and find us. So thank you all yeah. who've been doing it, um, and keep doing it, and let's keep pushing this thing. And again, if you have thoughts and ideas of things you'd like to hear about, let us know that too. We always are always yep. interested in hearing it. So we are never above stealing somebody else's better idea. That's right. So <laughs> it uh, is a wrestling show after yeah. all. So. <laughs> All right, folks. So, uh, for you know, for, for for Luke and myself and wherever uh, Chris Hero, you know, that they m- might be right now. Uh, hopefully, the black he has avoided the black scorpion the entire time. Uh, we, you know, we all thank you guys, and we'll see you at the matches. Are you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting, despicable, despicable lack of respect is that? Billy, what's his name? Show. Booking a match for the total package Lex Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle run? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends stars ever in this. God! And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy! And you book a match with me against Ryan Killings! Look at me! I'm a total package! I will rip him apart! I'm pissed now! No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward. Will you stop?